0: And I said, What has to happen for you to know you're successful? He says, I have to wake up, stand up, look down, and see that I'm above ground.
1: Hey, hey, hey I'm on vacation every single day because I love my occupation. Hey, 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 I'm on vacation. If you don't like your life, then good morning, then you should good go evening, good afternoon, it.
2: good whatever. And welcome to another episode of Role Model. You've come to the right place if you want to become a happier, healthier and more successful person. Thank you so much for tuning in again. Thank you so much for investing your time in the most important thing in your life, your health. On today's episode, Tony Robbins steps by and literally prevents someone from suicide. I just listened to the entire conversation. Um, it's a video that you could also watch on YouTube. I will put the link in in the show notes and i was so blown away by it that i decided hey you know what i have to share this with you the conversation itself took place on one of tony's seminars in australia there will also be a narrator who explains and analyzes Situations which will yeah, which could be really helpful if you only listen to the audio and don't watch the entire video Um, So yeah, I found that quite helpful Tony will ask different questions and I would like to invite you to ask these questions To yourself one of them for example What are your rules for success? What does success mean to you? What are your rules for happiness? Pay attention especially to the first part of the conversation. I mean, pay attention to the entire part, but (laughs) I just think that especially the first part can be really powerful and transformational for your life. Before we start today's episode, I just want to say a quick thank you to today's sponsor, vivo life it's more important than ever before to take care of your own health to strengthen your immune system most of us don't get enough sunlight during the winter which can cause a vitamin d deficiency a vitamin d deficiency is not only bad for your bone health but also for your immune system that's why i recommend vivo life i also take vitamin b12 for my nervous system and my immune system and omega-3 for my brain and heart health vivo life is the most sustainable company that i know they plant one tree for every single order they offer carbon neutral delivery they have incredible products, not only vitamins but also vegan protein, maca, just a lot of good stuff for your health. So I would highly, highly recommend to check them out, vivolife.com. You can use the schm- uh, <laughs> you can use the code Schmunky to get 10% off your first order. If you're already a customer, feel free to use the link in the podcast description to support this podcast. So go hop over to vivolife.com, use the code Schmunky to get 10% off you have nothing to lose because they also offer a 30 days money back guarantee in case you don't like the product that's how confident vivolife is that you will absolutely love it could be potentially a great christmas present for your yeah spouse daughter son um so go check it out and without further ado here is tony robbins <laughs>
0: She's suicidal. Give her a hand. She's suicidal. For God's sakes, give her a hand. What's your name? Where are you from?
3: Karen from the Gold Coast. Karen. Okay,
0: Karen. You're from the Gold Coast and you're suicidal? There's no hope for you.
3: (laughs) Robbins often uses colorful language in order to manage the tone of the conversation. In this case, he started off with a joke getting Karen to laugh before she starts describing her problem. Since Karen is in the back of the room, Robbins is watching the details of her expression on a television monitor placed at his feet.
0: So you're suicidal, huh? Mm Mm-hmm. Why?
4: (laughs) Uh, I get to that point when people are putting me down and I don't
3: feel like I'm good enough.
0: So people put you down. What do I gotta say to put you down?
3: Robin's first step is to try to assess the problem by asking the participant to be more specific about the triggers that cause the suicidal thoughts.
0: What does somebody got to say to get you to be suicidal?
3: It's just a
4: point I get to when I feel really desperate.
0: Right. What makes you feel that desperate? What do you got to focus on or hear or see or think about?
4: Um, I feel like there's no hope for myself. Oh, uh, I feel like everybody hates me.
0: Everybody hates you. Okay. And when you, Are you planning to do it with a razor blade or a knife? Thought about a gun or sleeping pills? Pills. Pills. Oh, so you're a wuss.
3: <laughs> Robbins inquires about the method of suicide in order to find out how much she has actually planned. He calls her a wuss in order to join with her in an affectionate way that makes her laugh. At this point, he discovers that provoking her is a way of bringing her to a happier state.
0: Are you married? Yep. Do you love your husband?
4: I don't know anymore.
0: Mm. Does he love you? Yes. Mm. Why don't you know if you love him or not?
4: Um, I don't feel like he's the same person he was when I met him.
0: Is he abusive to you?
4: No, but my first husband was.
0: I see. So this one isn't? No. So how's he different?
4: He's totally the opposite, to the point where I'm the one that's trying to take control.
0: But are you telling him what to do because you like to tell him what to do because it makes you feel certain, or are you telling him what to do because there's no other choice?
4: Because it makes me feel certain. Yeah.
0: And does it make you feel significant to tell him what to do?
4: Um, At the time I'm doing it, yes, but afterwards I feel bad.
0: Yes.
3: Karen has just presented her central problem. She is unhappy with her husband because he is not who he used to be. In her worldview, there has been a reversal of power. She implies that he should be making the decisions and she is unhappy feeling forced to make decisions for him. She describes him as the opposite of her first husband who was abusive. Now Robbins inquires about her purpose in life in order to discover what motivates her.
0: So what's life about? What's life supposed to be about? Life is about what? Why are we here?
4: To be happy. I see.
0: So since you're a total failure at that, you might as well not be here.
4: Yep.
0: I get it. What has to happen for you to be happy? I don't know. So if you don't know what it takes to be happy and that's what you have to be to be here, then maybe you're not happy just because you don't have rules to be happy. Would you like to hear some rules because I've met so many people around the world who have different rules for happiness. Would you like to hear some?
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Okay, here's one sampling. Man who came to a seminar, very, very successful man from the United States in business and financial terms, very famous person, uh, very well-loved person by a large number of people, primarily because he's also a philanthropist. He's one of those people always, even though he's so busy, he always finds time for things. In his community, which is a very large community, he is uh, very respected. He's an athlete as well. He runs marathons, even though he runs these businesses. He makes about $4 million a year US. He has five children. His wife loves him dearly. I asked him, are you successful as a joke? And he said, no. And when he said no, at first I thought he was tongue in cheek, kidding. And then I realized he was serious. So I asked him this question, what has to happen? in order for you to feel successful. He said a lot of things. I said, that's obvious. What has to happen for you to feel successful? You know what he said? He said, well, I have to never get frustrated with my kids. And he's got five of them. What's his chance of getting frustrated? (laughs) Is the law of averages gonna be frustrated one of them? Yes or no? You better believe it. I said, okay, what else has to happen for you to feel successful? He says, I have to have 10% body fat and I'm at 11 true story. What else has to happen for you to be successful? He said, I have to make at least $5 million a year. And he makes 4 million. He actually makes usually 6 million because he gets bonuses, but bonuses don't count because it's only the money that's absolutely guaranteed that counts. What else has to happen? He says, well, I have to be in a position that I don't travel so much and his business requires it. So as you listen to this whole thing, here's a man who should be totally feeling successful, but most people stand up to, feels miserable. I asked another man in the room who everybody liked because he was the life of the party. He's just a crazy mofo. And I said, sir, I said, are you successful? And he stood up and he said, of course. And I said, what has to happen for you to know you're successful? He says, I have to wake up, stand up, look down, and see that I'm above ground. He said, he said, every day above ground is a great day. So that was his rule. Now, which of these two men do you think was happier, the first one or the second one? Which one felt more successful, the first one or the second one? So you see, how you feel has no basis in reality, has the basis in your rules. And what you're telling me is you don't have any rules for happiness. So you don't know when to be happy.
3: Robbins believes that it is essential to have a base level of happiness in order to cope with and overcome the many stresses of life. In order to have a healthy and happy quality of life, it is essential to know what makes you happy and to specify ways in which to feel happy each day.
4: Because he doesn't do anything to make me feel that way.
0: And why do you think he doesn't do anything to make you feel that way? Is that why you're depressed, by the way, truthfully? Isn't that the real reason? That you feel like you're trapped in a relationship where you're so unhappy and you don't have the guts to get out? Or you're afraid you make a mistake to get out?
4: I'm afraid I'll do the wrong thing. I don't know what's the right thing to do anymore. I've already been through one divorce and I don't want to muck up this one if it's the wrong thing.
0: So the bottom line is you don't want the identity of having been divorced twice, so you'd rather stay miserable where you are.
4: Um, I don't care about being divorced twice, I care about hurting him if it's the wrong thing.
0: But you're already hurting him. If you're unhappy, trust me. Men, if the woman you're with is totally miserable and unhappy, are you happy? Are you hurting if she's, if every day she's unhappy, are you hurting inside? Yes or no, man, give her an answer. So you're already hurting him. So that's, that's it. Maybe you should put him out of his misery.
3: When faced with an obstacle, it is important to define it as a problem that can be solved or a question that can be answered. Robbins has reframed Karen's problem as a decision that she has not been able to make in relation to her marriage. She is not happy with her husband, yet she doesn't want to feel responsible for hurting him by leaving him. Robbins is looking for ways to move her to take action that will make her happy instead of killing herself. He will now show her that by remaining indecisive and unhappy, she is being dishonest as well as hurting him and herself.
0: Do you present yourself as the happy wife to everybody else?
4: most people, yeah.
0: Oh, so not to everybody. Oh,
4: I have a close friend that knows better.
0: Well, actually, there's about 1,100 Aussies yes, here. 1100. Than 1100. <laughs> the word's going to spread. <laughs> there's a network here like you can't believe.
4: But generally, yes, I do pretend our
0: So you pretend that you're happy? Mm-hmm. Yes, I see. Could you do that for me right now? Show me the the pretend I'm happy thing. I'm not depressed, and I'm happy. I'm actually happy. Yeah.
4: <laughs>
0: don't be looking for an Academy Award, okay? <laughs> Do you really think people buy this shit? Uh-uh. Okay, so everybody knows you're unhappy already then, don't they? Mm-hmm. Not just your friends, other people know too, don't they? Even if they don't say anything, can you see it in their eyes that they know you're unhappy? Okay, so, so why are you acting like something you're not when everybody knows the truth?
3: Karen has been coping with her unhappiness by pretending to others that she is not unhappy, thinking that they would therefore think well of her. This way of coping is not helpful. Robbins makes this clear by reversing her logic, stating that people think poorly about her because she's pretending to be happy instead of doing something to resolve her situation.
0: What, um, what does your husband think about your state? Do you guys talk about this at all?
4: Uh, we never talk about anything.
0: Does he know you're depressed? Yes. Yes. Do you tell him that, that you're depressed?
4: Um, I didn't tell him that. One of your people told him that. Is he here? No.
0: Well, one of my people? I have people now?
4: <laughs> yes. Who are my people? <laughs> one of the people that rang me after UPW.
0: Oh, I see so one of those people told him that you're depressed does he know you're suicidal
4: yes they told him
0: you kind of smiled at that moment you just did it again isn't that
3: interesting robbins has identified an incongruity between karen's verbal and non-verbal communication as she talks about her husband's worry about her suicide attempt which is evidently sad she smiles this could be a sign that her suicidal behavior has been a source of power over her husband.
0: Like if he, nothing else, I'll kill myself. Then I'll get his attention. Of course, you really aren't suicidal because if you're suicidal, you've already killed yourself because it's not I a have, complex task, I especially have, if you're uh, going to do pill, pills. You could have done that easily. All You just pop them and you're dead. Now you live on the other side and you get to have pain like you never thought of.
4: But that's what scares me because I have tried.
0: You have tried. Oh, come on. No, I... Didn't. Tried? How hard is it to kill yourself? Don't tell me you're that stupid.
4: No, I did... I did take them.
0: You did take what? The pills. How many?
4: About three bottles. And what happened? Um, while I was unconscious, I got up, and I was threshing all over the house, and somebody heard me.
0: Shit. I wonder why... Even if you had three bottles of pills, you would get up and thrash around.
4: I don't, know. I don't remember it
0: at all. I know. Is it possible there's a deeper part of you that knows the truth that you need to stay alive and that that's not your real intent, and so it found a way to overpower three bottles of pills and still make sure you got help? So clearly, it's not that you tried. Clearly, there's no desire in you to commit suicide. There is a deep desire to get some attention, isn't there? You're settling for attention because you don't feel the love.
3: Yeah. Karen tells the story of her suicide attempt in order to convince Robbins of its seriousness. Instead of acknowledging her wish to die, Robbins recasts the story from the point of view of her desire to live. She thrashed around even while unconscious and so expressed her wish to live, which Robbins elevates above her desire to die. By saying that what she really wants is attention, he defines a problem that can be solved. Once she admits the need for attention, he carries the logic a step further, saying that she's willing to settle for attention when what she really wants is love. Immediately, he takes the conversation back to her husband.
4: So
0: why didn't your husband come here?
4: We couldn't afford for his birth to come.
0: Okay. So he sent you? Yeah. Hoping you'd get fixed. Yeah. So I'm supposed to fix you and then you can go back and go about doing his business and stuff. Yeah. What if I fix you and you leave him?
4: Well, I've told him
0: that might happen. Oh. So if suicide doesn't get him threatening to leave him, might. Boy, we got all kinds of weapons, don't we? (laughs) Oh, look at that big smile. Yeah. (laughs) For somebody who's not very gutsy, we got some pretty good sized knives. Yeah.
3: Karen stood up like someone who had no options and therefore had to kill herself. Now she acknowledges her sources of power and the option of leaving her husband. However, she is still reluctant to make a decision. It is possible that she is afraid of the consequences for her husband. Robbins will ask about that now.
0: So what did he say when you said he might get fixed and leave him?
3: He's
4: upset. He doesn't know what to do.
0: Let's get him on the phone. Do you want him to come down here? Do you want him on the phone?
4: Yeah, that's fine. I want to sort it out with him. I need to sort this
0: out. If you'd already sorted all this out with him, what would you be doing? Staying or leaving? Tell me the truth. You know the answer. Don't tell me you don't know. If you'd gone through and you sorted all this out, we had all this discussion, it was all done, what would you be doing? Would you be staying or leaving, honestly?
4: I, I still don't know whether to leave him or not. Say again? I still don't know whether to leave him or not.
0: So you know that you would be willing to try to commit suicide but not leave him?
3: Robin suspects that Karen really wants to leave her husband. He asks her to make a guess about what she will decide at the end of the conversation. But she is unable to guess. Robbins alleviates her dilemma by offering ways she could leave the marriage without feeling that she is hurting her husband by doing so.
0: Right now you have no intimacy with him I assume. You guys don't make love, do you? When's the last time you guys made love?
4: I can't remember. Long time ago.
0: Well then why don't you just leave and be friends because that's all you are. I mean, if you have a friendship, do you have a friendship? Yes. Well then why don't you end end this marriage and have the friendship because that's what you have. There's no intimacy between you. The only difference between the person you marry, you don't marry somebody you just have as a business partner or a friend. You can have lots of friends. He can be a great friend for you. But you're dead inside.
4: I guess I haven't because I wanted to know if the problem was me or us.
0: You want to know if the problem was you or what?
4: Uh, me or us. And right. if it's me and I can fix it, I will.
0: Oh, you will? Okay, well, let me just tell you the problem's you. Because you're not telling the truth and you're not being yourself. And, let me tell you, the problem's us. Meaning, he's not being himself and telling the truth either, is he?
4: No.
0: So everybody wants to figure out whose problem it is. Whose problem it is, is it's your problem. And if he was here, I'd be telling him it's his problem. Because you're both totally, you have two people that are, you have no relationship because neither one of you is being yourself. So you both have these relationships with these fake people that you're pretending to be. So the fake people have sort of a relationship. I guess they're roommates.
3: Robbins has now defined the problem as both Karen and her husband lying to themselves and to each other pretending to be something they are not. His goal will be to get the truth about their feelings.
0: How would you characterize the relationship?
4: Um, well, like you said, we're just friends. We're just two people living in a house.
0: That's... So your roommates?
4: Yeah.
0: Your mates? Is that convenient? Do you like him as a roommate?
4: Yeah, it's fine, but it's not really fulfilling.
0: No, it's not very fulfilling. So, why don't have him as a roommate and go find yourself a intimate partner? Yeah, you know, I'm
4: just scared.
0: You're scared. Well, I think you should be more scared of living dead inside. Which one are you more scared of?
3: Being dead inside. Yeah. When Karen repeated that she was scared of the consequences of making a decision, Robbins said she should also be scared of the consequences of not making a decision, that she would be dead inside. In this way, Robbins changes the issue from the wish to die to the concern with being dead inside.
0: What will he say when I talk to him?
4: Oh, he's going to be
3: surprised,
4: (laughs) obviously. (laughs) Um well, kind of liking that, I see. He will know what you're talking about.
0: He will know that you're not having sex. Is he having sex with someone else?
4: No. Are you sure? I'm positive. How do you know? Because he loves me so much.
3: Karen is certain that her husband is not having sex with someone else, and she appears sad as she says that he loves her so much. It seems that she would like to leave the marriage, but feels obligated to stay for the husband's sake. Robbins could guess that the husband is either timid, emotionally absent, or emotionally dependent on Karen. In order to stimulate Warren to a more resourceful state, and in order to stimulate Karen to make a decision about her marriage, Robbins will exaggerate Karen's complaints about Warren so that they are impossible to ignore.
0: Are you there, Warren? I am. Warren, I have your wife here.
5: Uh
0: This is Tony Robbins.
5: It is, yeah.
0: She tells me you're a dickless pussy that won't make a decision.
5: Uh, (laughs) well, yeah, sometimes.
0: I said she tells me you're a dickless pussy who won't make a decision.
5: Can I tell you, uh, can I decide on that later? Can you what about that later? (laughs) Yes, that's right.
0: It's true that you're a dickless pussy who can't make a decision?
5: Uh, yes, it is. Why?
0: When did you lose your dick?
5: Um, oh, a couple of years ago, I think.
0: What happened? Were you in an accident?
5: Uh, no, um, just circumstances.
0: Well, circumstances don't remove a man's dick. A man has to remove his own dick.
5: Yeah, that's true. How did you do it? Um, basically not wanting to push the wrong button, so I backed off.
0: Which buttons did you not want to push?
5: Um... I didn't want to bring things up from my wife's past and um, stir the pot, so I backed off, so I didn't stir things up.
0: Which part did you not want to stir up? Which part of her past?
5: Well, it's a bit hard to say at the moment. I am we're at work.
0: Uh, is there somebody around you?
5: Uh, yes.
3: In fact, Warren is at a new job, speaking on the phone in the office of his new boss, who wants to know why he is receiving calls from Anthony Robbins. Can you come down here so we can visit?
0: So,
5: sorry, could you say that again?
0: I said, would you come down here so we could visit face-to-face?
5: I can. Um,
0: I. Oh, well, no, let me ask you, will you?
5: I, most definitely. It's just as long as I've got time to go home and get cha- have a shower and get changed. No, no,
0: no, no, no. Just come like you are.
5: All right, yeah. Okay.
0: How, how long will it take for you to get here if you come well, straight? I'm not away?
5: sure what time I'm finishing work today.
0: It's 20 minutes away. Leave work. Your, your marriage is on the line. Yeah. Would you agree? Um, yeah. Is your marriage on the line, do you think?
5: I think it is, yes. yeah.
0: Yeah. I'd say get here.
5: Yeah.
0: I'll see you in 20 minutes. Okay. Goodbye.
3: Robbins begins to address Warren by provoking him with a humorous insult as he had with Garen. He repeats the insult three times until Warren gives him a real response. Warren acknowledges the feeling of castration and explains that he has disempowered himself for fear of reminding Karen about her past. It's curious that Karen had described Warren as the opposite of her first husband who had abused her. Now Warren seems to imply that he is still being compared to her first husband. 20 minutes later, Warren arrives at the scene.
0: Come on down here, Warren. Ladies and gentlemen, we got Warren. Stand up, stretch, and give him a hand.
3: Robbins gives Warren this extraordinarily warm welcome and so disposes him to give back by collaborating and resolving Karen's problem.
5: Now, Warren. Tony.
0: Why do you think these people were cheering for you like that?
5: Just to try and settle me down. (laughs) Because <laughs> I could see how nervous I was walking down there. Do you really think
0: that's why they clapped like that? No. Why did they really clap like
5: that? Bringing the energy up. Yeah. Why else did they do it? Why else do you think they did it, Warren? To welcome me here and to make me feel relaxed so that I say what I need to say.
0: I think, honestly, I think there's another reason, too, they respect you that you came here. Now, I gave them no coaching. I gave them no coaching about what to do, so this wasn't guided by me, and they overheard our phone call. They were listening, obviously, when I called you, right? so so the uh the question i have is um would you invite your wife up here for us karen
3: Karen to dance Robbins makes her the star of the show giving her the center of attention elevating her mood and interrupting usual patterns Karen is now rewarded for being a carefree spontaneous dancer rather than a sad suicidal woman please gentlemen
1: it's Karen.
0: Okay, well, why don't you give me this microphone? You both come forward here. So, Karen has been talking to us about the fact that she's suicidal. Yeah. You're aware of that? Yes. When did you first find out she was suicidal? Just out of curiosity.
5: Um, she told me that she had been in the past, not long after we uh, met or got married, I'm not sure, around that sort of time. And that's the last time, was when we decided that Karen did these, this course. I see but I wasn't aware of it until um, your people rang up to organize it and they let me know and made sure we talked about it after I got off the phone.
0: I see. So they knew that she was suicidal. Yeah. I see. Um, Karen shared with us that uh, she thinks that you love her. Do you? Yes. And uh, she shared, though, that you guys have uh, no intimacy, no sexual relations whatsoever. Correct and she shared that you're kind of like roommates.
5: At the moment, yeah.
0: What would you like it to be, could you say at the moment?
5: Um, I would love it. I'd love to be intimate all the time and uh, to be able to look in each other's eyes and just melt.
0: Have you had that experience with it before?
5: Not, Have you had that
0: experience with her before?
5: Uh, when we, around the time we got married, we were, yeah. And um, for a little bit after that. Yes.
0: What, what do you think changed? Because I see the sadness in you and the sense of loss of that.
5: Hmm. Um, I, I think a lot of it's due I'd like due to ask to, you one,
0: one thing, Karen, if you would. I'd like you to look at him the entire time instead of looking down. I want you to look at his face and his eyes, and I don't want you to break eye contact with that.
5: Okay?
0: No, you can still talk to me.
3: Uh. Robbins has set up a situation where each spouse takes turns talking to him while the other one observes. In this way, he blocks direct communication between the spouses while directing them to witness each other's emotional reactions. This allows empathy between them to build up so that later conversation between them will be meaningful and productive.
5: A lot of it's because uh, the simple fact that I was too scared to um, hurt her feelings because of her ex, the way he treated her, and a lot of things when we first got together she said I reminded her of him and I kept on saying I'm not him. And that must have played on my mind more than I realized, and backed off.
0: So what kinds of behaviors would she say? Because he was physically abusive to her, right? Yeah. So what kinds of behaviors did she think you were like him? You mean um, she started telling you about a past painful experience that had hurt her so much, and she shared that with you in a way that then made you no longer give your fullest extent of your emotion? Didn't make you, but you chose not to give as much? That's right. That's what you did, you mean?
3: Robbins is pointing out the similarity of Warren's problem to that of another participant in the audience with whom he worked earlier that day.
5: Yeah, I see. Um, She, like, because of um, I I felt she was fragile which was, as I know now, was my mistake. Yes. Um, And that's how I I treated her. I walked on eggshells around her.
3: Robbins had been wondering what was the matter with Karen's husband that she couldn't make up her mind to leave him. Now we know. When Karen unfairly projected the image of her ex-husband onto Warren, he responded by attempting to be what he thought was the opposite. He treated her as fragile, walked on eggshells, and tried to be extremely gentle. He expected for her to respond positively, even passionately. But instead, she withdrew and became depressed. For Warren, the dilemma is that if he is his true self, he risks being attributed the characteristics of her first husband. On the other hand, if he tries to be gentle and kind, she is not attracted to him. This is the typical damn if you do, damn if you don't situation. In communications theory, it is called a double bind. A double bind is the simultaneous communication of two contradictory injunctions within the context of an intense relationship. Karen has been given Warren incongruent messages. If you want me to love you, be nice and gentle. If you're nice and gentle, I'm not attracted to you. Unable to fulfill either injunction, Warren has become paralyzed. And when he is in this weak state, Karen can neither feel passion for him, nor can she feel justified in leaving him. Robin's goal at this point will be to get Warren out of his paralysis and to restore his sense of independence and ability. If Karen sees Warren as a powerful, independent man, this will either reignite their relationship, or it will make it possible for them to move on.
5: I basically tried to be the nice guy. Yes. So when you became the
0: nice guy, what happened to your passion? What passion? Did you have passion before that, though? I'd like to think so. Yeah. And About being the nice guy. What was it about being the nice guy that killed all your passion?
5: Um, I, I thought I had to be the nice guy, and I wasn't getting the passion I was looking for back.
0: So you adapted to being just the nice guy. You are a nice guy, am I right? Or not? I hope so. Uh, how would you clarify yourself? How would you, what kind of guy are you? I mean, really, if, if she wasn't, if yeah. nobody else is around, what do you really like?
5: Um, I'd, I'd like to think I'm a nice guy. i normal guy, makes mistakes and um, tries to do the right thing.
3: Someone who lives within a double bind situation would typically have an apologetic manner. Since they are damned if they do and damned if they don't, they can do little or nothing to bring about a positive response. When Robbins asks Warren about his identity, he responds tentatively, as if the decision of who he is belongs to somebody else. Robbins will now ask for a time in Warren's past, before he knew Karen, when he might have enjoyed himself without apologies. Do you have a dark side?
5: Um, I've got a dark past. Not not as bad as a lot of people, but um, dark dark is
0: sometimes good. Yeah, you kind of enjoyed the dark past, didn't you? Uh,
5: At the time, I thought it was really good. I thought, well, I thought I was tough. So, what what adjusted you from that dark side? Um, Partly, I originally thought just growing up and um, starting to reflect on the pain I'd inflicted on other people. Yes. And um, I, I don't know, maybe someone did that to me and I have suddenly realized what it felt like. So mm-hmm. I don't know. And uh, but there were parts
0: of the dark past that you gave up that are still important to you.
5: Not sure. It probably is. But I, I,
0: what's a part of the dark side that you used to enjoy? That honestly, you miss if you're honest?
5: um i was physical and when i was physical i was fit i i i, I don't know I,
0: well what were some things you did when that dark side was there that felt good to you
5: um well i was playing a lot of sport and uh, excelling at sport and um that made me yeah that made me feel great you know bragging about it i suppose yeah having well, something to brag about
0: having something to brag about and um did, what, sports aren't very dark. What, no, you, no. So what would you do that was dark, that you, uh, enjoyed, that you enjoyed?
5: Fighting and beating people up. Yes. Short person syndrome, as yeah. they call it now. <laughs>
0: <laughs> but felt good, didn't
5: it? It did, yeah. Uh, did you already say it? I said it felt good, didn't it? Did it? Yeah, it did at the time. And then once I come to my senses and thought back on it, you know, I thought, well, that was bloody stupid
0: but you like the feeling of being able to step up and just face something even if it was bigger than you were and conquer, am I right?
5: That's it, conquering it, um, feeling that I was better than, than someone for whatever reason. And that's also one of the reasons that I backed off with Karen because of what her ex had been doing and how you know, I didn't want to be put in that position where I could turn into that person.
0: Right,
5: and you don't want to hurt her. No. And you love her. Yes.
0: So, but the truth is, it's not the better than a person. It's a sense of breaking through and dominating that you enjoyed. Yeah. Yeah. And what do you break through and dominate now?
5: Nothing. And how does
0: that make you feel? Like shit. So, how do you feel about your life right now, in terms of yourself, outside of her?
5: Um. No good. Yeah. Um,
0: when's the last time you kicked something's ass? Something, a problem, person, yourself.
3: Robin suggests that there are ways that Warren can still enjoy kicking ass without hurting Karen. It is important that Karen see Warren as capable of enjoying his own masculine intensity.
0: When's the last time you stepped up and faced something intense and just dominated? When's the last not, time?
5: Not for a long time. Years. Years. Would
0: you like to now?
5: <laughs> I would love to, but I don't know, you know.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I was thinking more of like the
5: fear within you. Yeah, No, I meant there's a lot of people here, you know. Yes, I
0: understand. Yeah. I'd the love truth to of the matter here, is, yes. coming here and stepping up on the stage, was that not the first step to, being to do any <laughs> idea Did you see the difference in his chest? How many saw what happened in his chest?
3: Robbins recognized that Warren couldn't make progress without a greater sense of self-confidence and dignity. By recognizing Warren's courage in coming on stage, Robbins is helping Warren to access his inner strength.
0: Truth is, you don't feel very free in your life, do you? No. Why aren't you free? What prevents you from being free? No. First of all, give me hand for the honesty.
3: With this statement, Warren has taken an important step. When someone discovers that they have been paralyzed by a double bind, it is typical to feel anger and resentment at the person who set the double bind. However, the truth is that no one forced Warren into a double bind. He chose his own reactions and must take responsibility for his choices. Therefore, Robbins will not emphasize Karen's role in the double bind, but Warren's ability to overcome his sense of paralysis and loss.
5: Um, Basically, again, not having the guts to just do what I want to do or say what I want to say, and then it builds up and strangles me.
0: And he said, not having the guts to do what you want to do or say what you want to say, and then it comes up and strangles you. And why don't you have the guts? What's the consequence you're trying to avoid losing? What are you trying to avoid losing by being gutless?
5: Karen. That's right.
0: And what if I told you that that very gutless is what's causing you to lose her? I'd believe it. What if I told you that you'd be better off taking her and doing whatever is necessary or letting go once and for all, than playing this middle world, weak ass, toast, piece of shit life where you don't feel like a man. Would you agree or disagree with that statement?
5: Definitely, I agree.
3: The only way out of a double bind is to take a strong position while disobeying both of the contradictory injunctions. In this case, Warren must refuse to acknowledge any resemblance to Karen's ex-husband. He must refuse to continue to walk on eggshells And he must assume the identity of the strong man that he is. He must take the risk of becoming strong for his own sake, independently of Karen's injunctions.
0: You really didn't do this because you don't want to lose love.
5: I think that is part of it, though. What is part of it? Um, I've always had a problem of um, not feeling loved enough. And I I think that is part of it. Did you know that that's true for everybody? Neither.
0: I got to tell you, I deal with people from 80 countries. I've been with three million people, every culture in the world. i don't think I've met anybody that really gets that at the fullest level. In fact, most people have total fear about it. Now, some people in the moment may be like on track, right? But if you look at their history before and between after, it's there. And I don't care how much money they've made or how much respect they have, or any PhDs or how many children they've raised. Most people, that's still a core fear. And the reason is because you're human human beings were born in unconditional love, but that didn't last forever, no. even from your own mom or your own dad. It's a short burst, and then we want to go back to that for the rest of our lives. So we try to find a partner that we could possibly have that with. And out of your love for her, you've been trying to adapt yourself in a way that would hopefully cause her to love you more and simultaneously to not hurt her because you feared your own masculinity. Because in an earlier stage of life, you used that in only a physical form, which is the thing she would fear most. And yet she was attracted to you because you were masculine. Yeah, yeah. Weren't you more masculine when you met her? Definitely. What were you like? Tell me what you were like then.
5: A smart ass.
0: <laughs> Give me an example, like how did you, tell, tell me examples of how you were being a smart ass in those
5: days. Well, we actually met, we were both working at Movie World doing characters and um, Um, My characters were smart asses, and i that was me. That was you. Saying what I wanted when I wanted wanted to. So you used to be yourself. You didn't worry so much then, did you? No.
0: And she was attracted to that. Karen, what were you attracted to this man when you met him? What made you attracted to him?
4: He was very caring, very loving, very sincere. Mm -hmm. Um, A genuine person inside and that's what I loved. Plus he was a strong person. He was what? He was strong.
0: How did you know he was strong?
4: He was really strong about what he wanted, what he wanted to do. Um, He was playing sport. He He was already, he already knew what he was about.
3: For the first time, Karen expresses that she was attracted to Warren for two reasons. He was caring and sensitive, and he was strong. She has been asking him to be gentle, and she has not been satisfied. Now for the first time, she asks him to be strong as well.
0: So he knew who he was, he knew he was about, he knew where he was going. Yeah. He was like a train on a track, and there was a definite destination.
3: Mm-hmm.
0: And how attractive was that to you on a zero to 10? Oh, 10.
4: 10. Yeah, I
0: wanted that. Did you want to make love to him? Yeah. Yes. Did you enjoy making love to him? Yes. When you guys were making love, did you feel like he was taking you in the beginning? I don't mean taking you without love, but I mean mm, taking you Yes, here. to a
4: degree, yes. To a
0: degree. Did you like it? Yes. You liked the idea that was taken to that degree? Yes. Did you want more? Yes. Yes. You want him to go even further? Yes. Yes. Look at that smile. <laughs> So, did you tell him that? Uh, don't,
4: no, no, no obviously No. Not. <laughs> no. No.
0: In fact, did you tell him something else? Uh Did you, did, did you tell him, you didn't tell him you wanted him to go further, and you really did, right? I mean, like.
4: Oh, no, I didn't say that, no. No, you no, didn't tell him that. no, no. No, no, <laughs> no. no, no. Because
0: no. what would that mean if you would have told him? What would he have done back then?
4: Um, I, I guess, well, I was so scared of losing him then that I was trying to fit into his.
0: Ah, so you were so scared of losing him that you began to adapt who you were to something you're not. Yeah. To fit into his what? You thought he wanted somebody who was...
4: I I was more attractive, more sexy, more... I talked more... I was more out
0: there yes so what'd you do
4: i tried to be like that
0: so you try to be more talkative how did you try to be more sexy what makes somebody sexy is that they're enjoying themselves and they're connected to you so if you wanted more and that would have lit you up more i'm sure he would have provided the gusto is that true hope so (laughs) in those days would he have said hope so what would he have said back then to that same question
4: Would have, but I was never game to say it <laughs>
0: yes why weren't you game to say it what were you afraid of if you wanted it and you wanted more and you told him what would that mean
4: I guess I was actually afraid of him not wanting to so I didn't say You're it. afraid
0: of he didn't want to go further. I see So she picked a man who she thought was extremely masculine who would take her and he took her to an extent and she enjoyed it and she wanted more, but she didn't want to tell him that because she was afraid maybe he wouldn't want to do that because he's obviously such a good-hearted guy. (laughs) Ladies, good-hearted guys still want it.
3: Karen was conflicted because she was both attracted to and afraid of Warren's masculine intensity. So she gave Warren conflicting messages. Be intense, but then I'm afraid of you. And be nice, but then I'm not attracted to you.
0: So you put on this mask of trying to be good enough and projecting. And you also, though, let him know that you were scared of him when he got intense. So you actually gave him the opposite signal. When did you tell him what, what about him scared you? You said it scared you.
4: Well, obviously I told him about my first marriage.
0: Yes. you bring that microphone up a little I'm oh, sorry.
4: And he, was, he told me about his past, and um, I think at some point I told him I didn't know how I would handle it um, if that ever occurred. I didn't because, I'd, because of what had happened. I just didn't know how I'd handle it. I wasn't saying I didn't want it to happen. I was saying I didn't know how I would handle it. I think I was trying to prepare him for that
0: preparing him for the fact you wouldn't know how to handle it
4: but i'd probably freak out
0: you'd freak out but the truth is you wanted it
4: Okay. <laughs> probably did yes
0: yeah so you wanted it but you told him you didn't mm. because you knew it would freak you out you'd be out of control which is what you've been wanting forever
3: Robinson and karen are talking about her fear and her desire for something let's call it an it It's not clear whether either of them knows what the it is that they are talking about. What is clear is that this fear and desire led Karen to the double-binding injunction that paralyzed Warren. Let's replay the conversation about the it.
4: He he told me about his past, and um, I think at some point I told him I didn't know how I would handle it um, if that ever occurred. I didn't, because I'd, because of what had happened. I just didn't know how I'd handle it. I wasn't saying I didn't want it to happen. I was saying, I didn't know how I would handle it. I think I was trying to prepare him for that.
0: Preparing him for the fact you wouldn't know how to handle it.
4: That I'd probably freak out.
0: You'd freak out. But the truth is you wanted it.
4: Okay. <laughs> probably did, yes.
0: Yeah, so you wanted it, but you told him you didn't because you knew it would freak you out, you'd be out of control, which is what you've been wanting forever. You wanted to be totally out of control. But you're afraid of what you want. And the reason you don't feel like you're enough is because you never let yourself be enough, because you never let yourself totally out of control. So you keep the whole thing channeled in, in this little controlled little spot, which isn't really used. Of course, you'll never feel enough when you're not being yourself. So what would you be like? Like if you were standing here right now and we saw the real you, instead of this little, you know, Koopy doll, sweet, protected, I mean, you're you're a bitch, aren't you? (laughs) Could you show us what a bitch looks like when you're really being that way? (laughs) Do you know what I'm talking about?
5: Yes.
0: (laughs) Could you show us an example of a crazy bitch? Just say something the way you say it when you're being a crazy bitch.
3: At the beginning of the day, Karen had presented herself as a powerless person when in reality she had been dictating the terms of the relationship. By asking her to be a bitch, Robbins is asking her to acknowledge her power. Now he will proceed to ask Warren to acknowledge his power. When they are both conscious of their power and their freedom, passion can become possible for them again
0: and i'd like you to stand right here and be the way you were before you met her and i want you to react the way you did before you met her when you weren't scared about oh my god will she be hurt or afraid of you or whatever the case would be i want you to remember can you remember what you used to be like
5: yeah i think so
0: okay this think so bullshit okay i want you to do it like if i challenged you okay if I challenge you in those days, you might be scared, but you know my balls are closer to your feet than anything else. If in that position it was there, you wouldn't be, I think so, would you? No. Not. So I need you to be yourself, the real you, not the guy that you've not been around for a long time. Okay? So what would you have to do to be you? You need to move like you wouldn't back then. How would you move back then? It wasn't a he- think so, hopefully, maybe I got a pussy instead of a cock kind of person. Okay, okay, okay. So, you you knew where your balls were at that time, am I correct? That's right, Okay. And you didn't have anybody have to point them out for you, did you? No. No. And you're a smart ass, weren't you? Definitely. Yes. So, say something smart ass back to me when I call you a dickless pussy. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) That's...
5: What if I, I said suppose, you, Yeah, I suppose you'd know. You're not looking in the mirror now, though, are you? What are you f-ing saying to me? I said you're not looking in the mirror now, so.
0: You like saying that, didn't you?
5: Yeah.
0: <laughs> I f-ed your wife. You what? Oh, your wife <laughs> for lunch.
5: Uh. <laughs> right. Yeah, I'm just trying to.
1: I burned his sleeps and seconds, I dated him. Seconds like I was How was Yesterday up to her tactics. Let slip words on his lips on to do something drastic. Don't blink, think back. Think that there was a the time to bring a go into the clinker playing games with your mind But it rides over, you're older and over your shoulder. Oh, you had the light, the white loves going, it's all bad. The blowout, Bullshit! What you say? Star, Bullshit! What you say? Bullshit! Star, what the you f- did you to say? The harp,
3: Bullshit! To break out, right. Down, <laughs> What's happening here? Throughout the conversation, Robbins has provoked Warren to take a strong position. However, Warren has taken a passive role, agreeing with Robbins' insults and avoiding confrontation. By pretending to insult Warren's wife, Robbins is saying something that Warren cannot passively agree with, and this forces Warren to stand on his own feet. As soon as Warren takes a strong position, Robbins reinforces him with a smiling approval. What follows is a spontaneous chain of events unplanned by Robbins. Let's see that again.
1: (laughs) What did you do? Left to attack I it f-ed your wife. Gwen, so yesterday. The the so what you, you say? Bullshit. You What'd you say? The Bullshit. What the you f- f- did you say? What you say? What did you say? What you What did you say? did you say? What you say? What you say? you did What you say? What What Feel it, your body, feel your you bone. bone. feel, to your, bone. F- feel your bone. feel your bone. feel it. Take the chair,
0: pick, pick this chair up and crush it. So it. So pick so up up pick that right chair up and crush it. Pick this chair and crush it.
1: Crush it. Crush the people and Crush the and all of Can you see it? Another cold Taking the slack and putting it back to the start. On your mark, is now Can right somebody do something? You wanna blow out, going down hard, breaking through walls and Looking for even just a glimpse of the storm. You gotta break into the heart, because that's where it begins. To break out, break down all the walls you were So rise up to the battle inside and get off the ground. Speed up, speed up, or you'll never live it down. Rise up to reality, battle the see.
3: talked about kicking ass, meaning hurting people. He thought that becoming mature meant giving up the aggressive and intense part of his self. However, those qualities were important to his identity and attractive to his wife. The ritual of breaking the chair demonstrates that he can access his aggression and his intensity without hurting anyone.
0: Now, I have a question for you. You can... I see you walk back a step when I walk towards you. I have a question for you. Does that scare you? Or does it excite you? Or both? It- both. Were you afraid when he was doing that? Tell me what you're feeling. Tell me what you're feeling.
4: Um. um just like I have to get away. Um, I'm not scared of him. I'm not scared of him, but, uh, I have this fleeing feeling.
0: I hope so. What happened when he walked over to you though? He'd been beating the chair and ripping it to shreds. He walked over to you. Did you see out of all that? And yet when he came to you, was there meanness and harshness? You mean he could have that much intensity and still totally be that soft with you? Do you really have the ability to melt that? If you do, I guess you never have to run again. You do in him. You do in him. But if you chain yourself ever again, like a little pussycat, then she will leave. And if you ever expect him to be one, he'll be dead inside. So think more about the excitement than the fear. What was the exciting part? Look at him and tell me, what was the exciting part?
4: Um, um, It excites me to know that that he's got that in him, that he can be that powerful. I mean, he's doing it in front of all these people. He's being brought here and and he's... What is that? It
0: makes you feel what?
4: It makes me feel strong to know he's that
0: strong. Why does it make you feel strong to know he's that strong?
4: Because I know I can depend
3: on him. Earlier, Karen said her biggest question was what other people think of her. Since Warren was able to face the fear of coming to the workshop and possibly being judged by Tony Robbins and 2,000 people, as well as his wife, he was able to face Karen's own worst fear the fear of what other people will think. He was able to show that he could be strong where she feels most vulnerable, and thus earned her respect and admiration.
0: And I honor him as a man for stepping up, coming here, standing the stage, ripping it up, making it happen, amazing. What do you feel when you look at this man right now? I, I have
4: such respect for him now. She has so much
0: respect for him now. And how, how important is it for you to respect your man?
4: It's totally important.
0: For you to be connected to him, to, for you to trust him, for you to be excited by him, how important is that you respect him?
4: It's, it's totally, it's everything.
0: How many men do you think would step up this way publicly and do what he's done? Not many. Not many. I haven't met many either. So what's your level of respect for him on a zero to 10? A no,
4: hundred.
0: 100. What are you feeling right now? What are you feeling right now?
5: That... that sort of explains it just... Incredible.
0: How does it feel to be yourself again?
5: (laughs) What... what was that shorty? Uh, feels great feels great
0: you're you're also more than you used to be my friend because since you've explored the feminine side of yourself you can use that where it's appropriate you've been exploring it for many years now now it's time to bring it integrated into the you that just means you have more choice and more power what are you going to do with this woman
5: (laughs) i'm not telling you
0: What do you feel right now? Tell me what you feel right now. Look at him. Tell me what you feel right now. No, I just full of love. and ecstatic. I can't hear you. I'm,
4: I'm full of love and ecstatic.
0: Do you love that he has that much power but that you could see a little tear behind that eye when he said that? Yes. Why do you love this powerful man, yet he still had that little tear when he got that you still love him and that you're excited by him?
4: Because even though I know he's, that's because of that caring side of love, but the strength is still there. He's got both.
3: This shows the integration of the internal conflict within Karen that had led to the double bind. Previously, she had thought that a man could be either powerful or caring, but not both. Since she wanted both qualities for different reasons, she became confused and gave Warren mixed messages. Warren had also believed that in order to be sensitive, he had to shut down his natural intensity, when in fact he can draw upon both his sensitivity and his power. Now they both understand that the sensitivity she requires from him is not contradictory with the power and strength she admires and desires.
0: That's rare, isn't it? <laughs> Do you agree? Get a
3: room. At the beginning ah. of the day, Karen stood up as someone who was contemplating suicide. Robbins quickly perceived that her despair stemmed from her passionless relationship with her husband. The mystery was that Karen seemed unable to make the decision to leave him apparently because she didn't want to hurt him. On the other hand, when she described her husband's reaction to her suicidal behavior, she smiled and so disclosed an incongruity in her communication. Robin's first priority in working with Karen was to save her life, to prevent her from committing suicide. His second outcome was to help both Karen and Warren to have the best life they could possibly have. Robbins realized that in order to reverse Karen's suicidal state, he would have to engage the husband directly. On speaking with Warren, Robbins quickly understood Karen's predicament. Warren had dramatically changed his behavior to satisfy what he thought was Karen's wishes. In fact, Karen had only communicated part of her wishes to Warren. She had implied that she wanted him to be gentle and nice, whereas she had an unspoken expectation that he also be strong and powerful. By following only her spoken expectations, Warren found himself in a double bind. When he tried to be a nice guy, he was rejected even further. Not knowing what to do, he became more and more restricted in his behavior and self-expression. Eventually, he was so paralyzed that he was unattractive to Karen but also so emotionally entangled with her that she found it impossible to leave him. Robbins set out to restore Warren's sense of self-possession and independence. This would either revive their relationship or would put them on an equal footing so that they could move on. Understanding Karen's secret desire, Robbins led Warren to also understand her and to live up to what she truly wanted. The breaking of the chair was the ritual of recovery of manhood, strength and power, specifically geared towards aggressive past. As Karen witnessed this ritual, she regained her respect, love and attraction for her husband. Their passion was rekindled. Here are the steps for overcoming a double bind. Step one, identify the two contradictory double binding messages. Step two, understand the consequences of the two incongruent messages. Step three, take responsibility for letting yourself be bound by the double bind messages, recognizing that you could have responded otherwise. Step four, recover your sense of self so that you are not living in reaction to the double binding message. Step five, perform a ritualistic action that reaffirms your sense of self. This action must not involve anger or aggression towards anyone. The ritualistic act should contain some symbolism related to the double binding message and the means to diffuse it. In Warren's case, breaking the chair, reclaimed his identity as an intense man while showing Karen that she would not be the object of negative intensity. Step six, stay the course, true to yourself, without violence or anger. Here are Karen and Warren six months later. Tell
0: us, what's your life like now? What are you feeling? What do you experience witnessing yourselves once again? Give us your feedback.
4: Well, life is fantastic.
0: <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen. So I, I guess I guess the suicide thing is no longer a part of our lives. No. No.
4: Um, there are days where we feel challenged, so, and we have stuff we have to work out, but we talk about it now. And every time we get over something, it's like a whole new level that we reach.
5: Oh, and that's beautiful. <laughs> The good thing now is if we go into an old pattern, we'd recognize it and kick it in the ass.
0: What advice uh, could you give other couples here? What have you learned by this whole process?
5: Just stand in front of the mirror and um, have an honest look at yourself and see if there's any masks. And If there is, piss them off. You will never regret it. Very nice. And,
4: and being honest, um, that was the biggest problem I have was being honest with myself, with him, with anybody. And every day I reinforce that honesty with everything. Everything. Awesome. And it's just so worth it.
0: Thank you for being such role models. We love you guys. Congratulations. <laughs> <laughs> oh, wait, wait, He wants to say something else. Just
5: one. Yeah, stop it. One more thing. Guys, guys, if you start being honest to yourself, the sex is great.
3: Now a year has passed and much has changed. On the day of their intervention, Robin's priority had been to save Karen's life since she had been attempting suicide. His second priority was to strengthen both Karen and Warren and to enable them to clarify what they needed to be happy, whether married to each other or not. Today, Karen and Warren are both very happy, but not together as lovers anymore. Instead, they are best friends in the process of an amicable and responsible separation. Each of them has found a new, more passionate relationship.
0: I was surprised by the enthusiasm you had because I think I spoke to you first, you were saying, look, we don't want people to be, well, what were you saying? You said, we don't want people to be down about this, you know, we think it's, is that really, do you feel like it's really the right thing for each other? Yeah. So how is it better?
5: Well, actually, you can virtually say in every way, because the timing was perfect, uh, because, as I said, we still love each other. Yes. And if Karen hadn't said, look, we need a trial separation. Yes. And told me how she felt right. and why she felt that and we talked about the whole lot and if we hadn't have done that we would have started arguing mm-hmm. and we were still
4: living in the same house
5: Yeah, and, oh, and we still are, still are. <laughs> you guys still are? Yeah. oh
4: my gosh Well, we just moved so wow. it, the decision sort of came at a bad time we were, we were in the process of moving it was like okay so what do we do? put a furniture in storage? what do we do? and right. so we just decided to just move into separate
5: rooms and mm. wow. find ourselves. We spoke about how are we going to let people know so that they don't think, but you were supposed to have been fixed at date with Destiny, now you're broken up, That's all yeah. crap, you know, it doesn't work. <laughs> yeah, we split up, have a party. We actually realised that, yes, we do love each other, and I, I know I said do. Yes. Um but as friends. Yes. Not a, in a relationship situation. So how long will you be friends for?
4: Oh forever. Forever. Yeah.
5: That's beautiful. Yeah,
4: he he knows me so well. I I'd confide in him at any time.
0: And there's still love here? Yeah. Oh, of yeah. course. <laughs> <laughs> that's great. Of course. Oh, that's great. Yeah. Now, I understand you're dating now too. I am. And now, how long have you been seeing this lady?
5: Uh for uh, two, three months. Right. Yeah. Are you enjoying that? <laughs> oh, Okay. Yep. <laughs> That's great. Uh, look. Yes. Good. Look. That's wonderful. What I've found with Chris, um, I, I don't know how to describe it. It's just, it feels right in here. Mm. We're the same. Wow. But, but we're not. Yeah. Well you
0: know the polarity still. Yeah. Yeah, yeah I get it. Yeah. How have you changed from a year ago? Who is Warren today?
5: Um one way I could probably show you might be better. Warren from before.
0: Yeah, well,
5: <laughs> Warren from now. Wow.
0: I now tell I mean, me about this young lady. Tell me about the lady from a year ago. Tell me about uh, Kevin well, today.
4: I feel like a totally different person. To be quite honest, I have a, a, a whole new inner strength inside of me. That's, I'm loving it. I'm loving it, and I'm I'm just so happy. And everything, every single thing I have asked for since that with destiny, I've got every single thing.
0: Would it be fair to say you're happier today in the relationship you're in, and you're happier today in the relationship you're in than you were before? Yes. And you're both good friends. Yes. And you still love each other. Yes. yes. Be friends forever. Yes. And you're truthful with each other. Yes. Yep. <laughs> I I salute you. I really do.
4: Hi, we salute you. Thank you. Thank you, guys.
2: And that was Tony Robbins. I'm really excited to attend one of his seminars in the future. He also offers online seminars right now. So if you wanna, um, if you're interested, go check this out. You will find it on TonyRobbins.com. If you like this episode if you like this podcast also let me know join me join our beautiful community on instagram Xashura. it's more important than ever before to connect with like minded people so come say hi on instagram let me know that you listen to this podcast i want to see the um, faces (laughs) behind the numbers so come say hi also leave a review for this podcast takes seven and a half seconds helps me a lot that's it for today thank you so much for listening and until next time my friends
1: hey, hey, hey I'm on vacation every single day because I love my occupation hey, hey, hey I'm on vacation if you don't like your life then you should go and change it hey, 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 I'm on vacation every single day